and welcome to another Spotlight Series podcast by Celtic Down Under. I'm your host, Jared, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Frank Cullen from the Father Murphy CSC in Arklow County, Wicklow in Ireland. How are you, Frank? I'm good, Jared. Good, yeah. It's uh, good to have a chat with you. We've been talking about this for a little while, on and on. It's on again, off again, so it's good to uh, finally happen. Yeah. Technology problems last week stopped it, so uh, it's... Good that we're up and about this week. So, um, do you want to tell us a bit about your CSC, when it was founded, and by who? Uh, the CSC would have been founded in 2012. It was founded by Eddie Byrne and Patrick Appleby at the time. And it started out kind of small, you know. And it's, you know, it's it's grown now really into what it is, into a very big supporters club. And, you know, we're delighted with it. That's great. So you said to uh, that there was uh, an interesting story about how the CSC got its name, the Father Murphy CSC. So do you want to uh, tell us that story? Yeah, uh, it's named after Father Michael Murphy. Uh, there's a statue of him here in Arklaw Town. He was killed during the Battle of Arklaw in the United Irishmen's Rebellion in 1798. And... Um, he is often confused with another more famous Father Murphy, you know. But uh, at the time, the United Irishmen Rebellion actually split at the border between Wicklow and Wexford. And the more famous Father John Murphy, which there's a couple of songs about and all, he felt that protecting Wexford was his duty. So the large military force was split. And the smaller force, because of the delay and what have you, I suppose, arguments and all about what the lads were going to do, the smaller force, when it came into County Wicklow, was met by a much larger, better organised British military force, which had got reinforcements from Dublin, and they were defeated, you know, but Father Michael Murphy led led the forces in Arklaw that day. That's a uh, lovely bit of history, learning about that sort of stuff. So for me, that's a very interesting reason for it because yeah, most of them are named after ex-players. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, great, great one there. So where do you meet up for your games? Uh, we meet up in the Brook House, which is in Lower Main Street here in Arklow, and uh, a lot of the lads that are in the club would have been regulars in the Brook House anyway, you know, so when we got when we got things mobilised properly in the summer of 2016, we picked the Brook House for the base because we have a great relationship with the owner, Eugene, and he's been very, very good to us. You know, we have the back room decked out in framed jerseys and memorabilia and all, and he's looked after us to the best, you know. It's been very good, like... And how regularly are games shown there? The Brookhouse, is it every game? Is it every home game, away game? And how do you show them? Is it through Celtic TV well, or through the Sky Sports or whatever TV things show on the game? It, uh, to be honest with you, know, it depends, Jared. You know, um, all games are available to us, no problem. Um, we watch some of them through Celtic TV and then some of them through, you know, Sky or BT or whatever, like, but uh, there's certainly no hassle with watching any games down there, you know, every game is available to us, 
It's just whether there'll be a, whether we'll get a crow out for it or not. Do you know that way? Yep, understood. So, do you want to tell us what a typical game is like at, in at the CSC? What sort of turnout you'd have? What are the big drawing games? And just tell us if any anything else you feel like about the CSC. Well, the big drawing game is obviously against Rangers. You know. Um, our membership is quite spread out. We've, uh, you know, we've a lot of members in our club, but we've a lot of members from the areas surrounding our club. We have members like from as far away as Wexford Town, and then we have members from like near the Wicklow Carlow border and Rathrum and all. So the lads will always make the effort to come for the Rangers game or you know a big cup game or something like that. But, like, yeah, we get a decent turnout for the likes of, you know, Hearts, Hibernian, Aberdeen, you know, that kind of thing, like. But, you know, yourself, every Sunday morning, the way the lads show the games now, the way it's set up, the way the times are set for it to be so early and all, coming in at 12 o'clock of a Sunday morning doesn't suit everybody, you know what I mean? Lads have families and have you know, responsibilities and shift work and all this kind of crack, you know. Yeah, feel your pain on that one. We're the opposite end of it. We're like midday kickoffs, 9pm over here. But then we get daylight savings, so sometimes it pushes out to 11 o'clock. So we've got the complete opposite end on a Sunday. So right. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, great fun. The challenges of supporting your team when you're in another country, but wouldn't change it for the world. Oh, Jesus, no, no. You mentioned uh, membership's grown since 2012. How many members do you think you would have had in your first season to now how the membership base is this current season before the lockdown? Um, Our membership this current season was 64. Um, The membership has been consistently high in fairness now since we... In the summer of 2016, we organised the club properly. We put a committee in place. We joined the Association of Irish Celtic Supporters Clubs. And, you know, we started, like, running events and going to the games more regularly and all. And from the summer of 2016, our membership has consistently been in the high 40s to the mid 60s. You know, but last last year we definitely had 64 members, yeah. That's great. Good to see there's some growth there. What's the process to become a member of the CSC? Well, basically you can just ask any committee member about joining Father Murphy CSC, you know, and then you know, we'll get a form out to you, like either by email or physically. And then you can pay by PayPal or bank transfer or, again, physically, whatever suits you, you know. Oh, yes, that's a uh, standard sort of process, which is good. So members are allowed yeah. to bring friends with them to come watch games with you all in, a, in at the pub at all? Or are they out-of-town members if you've got someone, say, from up in Belfast or something who's down in the area or someone from overseas was in the area, would they be welcome to come watch games with you all? Oh, God, yeah. Um, I was just talking to one of the lads about this yesterday. We've had visitors from nearly 30 other Celtic supporters clubs down to the Brook House. Um, There's lads have have run a bus 
you know, to come up for the crack and all, uh, because we would regularly have music after the big games, you know, and for one reason or another, you know, sometimes other pubs can't have that. You know, they might have they might have maybe another big match on after the Celtic match or something, you know. Whereas like in the Brook House, if we say to Eugene, can you get um we want to get Celtic Storm, for instance, on after the Rangers game, Eugene will get Celtic Storm for us and then like I'll as the PRO Father Murphy CSE I'll advertise it heavily that Fergus is playing because he's incredibly well-liked and one of the best ballad acts in the country at the moment. And, you know, we'll always get, you know, the lads will come on to me then and say, Jesus, Frank, I think we'll run a bus up to you there Sunday for that game because, you know, our pub has maybe a christening on or something like that, you know, and we won't get to watch the game, so we might come up to you. Do you know what I mean? And we get a lot of we get a lot of that we get a lot of that now. It's very good. That's great to hear. So how is the CSC received in the local community? Is there a lot of um, people who are in the area, or do you have a lot of Scottish people or whatever in, involved there? Or is it just the local Irish community? Uh, we actually well, it's the local Irish community. Uh, we have four Scottish members. We have two in Glasgow and we have two in the locality here. Uh, one man who's been living in Arklaw a long time, you know, he's a, a born and bred Glasgow Celtic fan like all his life. And then another man who's recently moved to Arklaw with his partner and he's actually from Edinburgh. But, uh, you know, he's another lifelong Celtic fan as well. So, it's great. It's great to actually have you know a few Scots in the club as well. It's brilliant. Like there's always good banter between between the Irish and the Scots at the CSCA out here. So I can only imagine what it'd be like over there. Ah, Jesus, no, it's been very good. And uh, our two members in Glasgow have been great for us as well because um, there's been times when we've been getting you know we've been getting tickets for big games and that and. You know, yourself, with tickets, there's often a bit of horse trading goes on and that. And uh, our Glasgow members, Nicola in particular now, has went out of her way several times to go and collect these tickets and facilitate it for, the, you know, the members travelling over and all. It's been very good, you know. It's, it's great stuff, like, great stuff. Yeah, that's what we like. Everyone working together, so... Yeah, yeah. Does the yeah. CSC support any charities or do any fundraisers or anything throughout the year? Well, generally, we fundraise annually for our season books, you know. We'll, uh, when we know that we're going to get a big crowd, for instance, we'll have a jersey or a piece of memorabilia to, you know, to raffle off. Or what we'll do is sometimes we'll put up a raffle and we'll just have like the raffle is for a Celtic or sports jersey of your choice just to broaden the appeal of the raffle you know but um, last Christmas we done a fundraiser for Arklaw Cancer Support we had a signed treble treble winning jersey and we raffled it and we raised just over 4,000 for Arklaw Cancer Support so that was, uh, we had the raffle just after the Rangers game at Christmas and it was a massive day down in the Brook House. There was a huge crowd down there and all, but 
we were absolutely thrilled with the amount of money that we raised for our club cancer sport. Now, it was far beyond what we expected to get in, you know. That is ridiculous. 4000 for a top. Wow, great job. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's a good cause. So, uh, yeah, keep it up. That's good to hear. I always ask that question because of the why the club was founded. So I thought, you know, it's a good one to see what you guys are doing. Oh, well, it was just, it was amazing, Jared, because the support we received, the support we received locally for it was unreal, but the support from the other Celtic supporters clubs around the country was absolutely incredible. You know, the lads, the lads come in very heavy, bought a lot of tickets for it, like, you know, it was unreal now, it was unreal. Some of the pub owners in Glasgow as well, particularly Stephen Riley of the Squirrel Bar in Glasgow, you know, uh, Stephen actually ended up winning the jersey as it goes. But, you know, Stephen has always supported the club and will always support raffles and all, you know. But the lads, Stephen, Frank Dunn, Andy Sherry and all, you know, they all come in very heavily and supported the raffle. It was brilliant. Brilliant. They wouldn't want that top on their wall. That's the funny thing. So, uh Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a lovely job as well, you know. It was, we got it framed here locally and all, and it was it was a great job, you know. It just looked the business now, you know. It was cracking. It's cracking now. So is there any local football clubs over in Arklow that is linked to the CSC in any way? Uh, not really. Uh, in the locality here, we have... We've Arklaw Town, we've Arklaw Celtic, and we've Arklaw United. You know, uh, there's none of them is really linked to the CSE in particular, but Arklaw United is part of the Celtic Academy program, and they get coaches over every summer. You know, to to do the to do a, a week with the kids and all up there. It's a it's a great thing. Like you know, we often go up and we get a picture with the lads or. Sometimes when the lads have been over, um, Celtic would be in the qualifying stages of Europe and the lads would come down to the Brook House and watch the games with us and all, you know. It's it's great stuff, you know. It's it's, it's, a, go, it's a good connection, like. Oh, that's great, yeah, because there's like some clubs, like some of these podcasts I've done, they've got like no official thing, but all their, a lot of their members play at certain clubs or whatever, so it's good to hear that there's yeah, and Arklow Celtic, Arklow United, that are both both have that link to Celtic, one in name, one in uh, through the through the academy. Yeah, so it's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. Arklow United actually have they actually have a range of merchandise that bears the Celtic crest. You know, it has the Celtic Soccer Academy crest and all on it. You know, it's very popular. It's great. Or you see young lads going around the town here. You know, in in this particular time, Liverpool and all these. The English teams, you know, are huge in terms of support, but it's great to see the young fellas going around like with uh, an actual Celtic crest on, you know, they're wearing their Arkley United top, but on the other side of the chest, it has the Celtic Soccer Academy stuff, you know, it's very good, it's great to see. Like, yeah, well, we're a huge club, people globally don't realise that, so um, we're, yeah, we're bigger yeah, than yeah, some of those yeah. teams that play in that Premier League, let's, let's say that. But um, yeah, we'll go. Just jumping ahead a little bit. So, um, do you have any stories from within the CSC that you want to share with us? There's always <laughs> that nervous laugh. Here Jeez, we go. 
<laughs> oh, lads, I could be here all day. I'm not cutting you. Uh, the CSE, in fairness, were, you, to say that there's such a large number in it, you know, there's a lot of, we've a lot of uh, kind of small groups within the CSE, you know, to travel together and all, which is, you know, natural when you have a large number like that in the club like, but Jesus, we've had some, we've had some great trips, you know. Um, for instance, the local one was a couple of summers ago. Uh, Celtic come over and played Shamrock Rovers twice up in Dublin, you know, two summers back to back, and we ran a bus here from the town, the two the two years to it, and uh, Jesus, it was just an incredible session. Like you know, we had some crack, some laugh, you know, and. The players and all were easily accessible for some of the kids in the club and all. It was absolutely brilliant, you know. It was just great laugh, like, great laugh. And um, what would be the most memorable match that you've seen? It can be one or two of them that you've seen at the CSC and what's so memorable about it? Uh, the most memorable match I've seen at the CSC, I'd say, was... <clears throat> God, I have to think now. We've had a, we've had a couple of great days down in the Brook House, you know. But I'd say the most memorable match we, I the one that springs to mind, I suppose. You go with naturally the one that springs to mind straight away was uh, the League Cup semi final against Rangers. You know where Dembele backheeled in for the goal in the dying minutes of the game. It was a really tight game, like. It was October 2016 against Rangers and we just weren't expecting a big crowd like we got that day. You know, the Brook was absolutely rammed to the rafters down there and we had lads from other CSEs and all come down and when Dembele backheeled in off of Griffith's pass, I thought I genuinely thought the Brook House was going to collapse with the roaring. It was just unbelievable. Like it was unbelievable because Rangers looked like they were going to score up to that. You know they had the better play and yeah, all. It's against the round and then, Yeah, it's like just turned them over. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been uh, impressive, and it would have been some party afterwards as well. Jesus, yeah, it was unreal. No. What would be your most memorable game that you have attended over the years as a Celtic fan? Oh, it's this is this is easy now for me. I've I've been to a few massive massive games, but for me it was Celtic versus Rangers in November of nineteen ninety seven. Uh, I was only seventeen at the time going to it, but it was a huge game. And Alan Stubbs scored in the last seconds of the game. And it was, I swear to God, it was practically the last kick of the game when Stubbs' header went in, you know. And it was a critical, critical game for Celtic because we would not have stopped 10 in a row by Rangers if Celtic had lost that game. Um, And the whole stadium knew it, the whole ground knew it. The Rangers fans were, I struggle calling them Rangers fans now, I have to say, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, they were celebrating heavily because we were beaten, as it looked, you know. And there was, it was grim in the Celtic end. We were sitting, I think, about 25 rows behind the goal. Um, 
where the goal went in. And it was grim now because we knew that we would have been too far adrift if Rangers had won that game to stop them doing 10 in a row. But when Stubbs' header went in, man, I'm not kidding you, I've never seen the likes of it since even. I thought Celtic Park was going to fucking collapse. And that is that is the God's honest truth. Like, it was absolutely unbelievable. I had my arm in a cast. I had my left hand in a cast because I'd broken my wrist. And there was a, an old man grabbed me by the cast and he was swinging my arm around and I was in... I was in absolute agony, man, but it was fucking unbelievable. Like, I thought, I swear to God, I thought Celtic Park was going to collapse. It was complete euphoria, like, because that goal kept us in it. Do you know what I mean? That would have been one of those moments, like, you know, when you watch a game when it was the old Rangers-Celtic games and you'd see the teams walk out of the tunnels, the tunnel, and you just look like, you look at the crowd and it looks like the stadium is like shaking because there's that much anticipation in the air and everyone's up and about. You would have been able to feel the stadium moving under you. Well, the tension that night in the stadium was incredible. I remember walking to the game with a, a man. He's a, he actually passed away a couple of years ago, but he was saying to me that uh, he was from Dublin. He was a street cleaner in Dublin. He passed away there not too long ago. But he was a lovely man, and he was a, he had massive knowledge on Celtic. You know, he was a he was a lifelong, really enthusiastic Celtic fan. Like, and he said, I remember we were going up to the game together, all of us that were at it, and he was saying, he said, lads, if we don't win this tonight or even get a draw, he said, them fuckers are gonna do ten in a row, and they've cheated their way to ten in a row, and it'll be an absolute disgrace. He said, but we need a result here tonight. You know, and it was just one of them games where they scored against their own play. I think Alberts scored for them, I'm not sure. But, you know, Celtic absolutely hammered them for the last 10 minutes and then Stubbs' goal went in. And like I say, it was earthquake moment. It was absolutely unreal. Like. Yeah, it's always great when you have that sort of result. It's just, it's a, it's kind of funny though. Like sometimes you watch a game and it's like, like, I'm going to say, earlier this season, there was a game where Rogic scored the equaliser and we drew. I think it was... And to yeah. me, like, that sort of game, that's as good as a win because Rangers, lo- cause Rangers lost. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, there's just some games that just... It doesn't make sense the way the um you feel about the game, but you can play absolute... Like, absolutely suck and just play the worst game, but then... The other results go your way, or you get a last-minute equaliser or a last-minute winner, and it's just like, wow, that game was awesome. And you think back about it, and you just remember how good you felt in that moment that 20, 20 years on... Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like 20 years on, it just feel, like it's still an amazing game. Like For me, there was ones like back when we used to watch them in the pub. We'd get the the old DVDs and VHSs sent over to us, and then we'd have like a massive group of... like. 20, 30 people sitting around watching three or four games over a weekend. So, like, now with Saudi TV, it's yeah. so much easier. But there's just some games like that. I can't remember what, which ones they are, but it's just games that just stick out because of the people you're at the game with or the, at the pub with or whatever. So, oh, yeah, I can yeah. understand exactly what you're saying. Like, 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 we went to a game in, oh, it was February 2003, and it was an absolutely crap game, man. Oh, geez, it was rubbish, like. It was a really, really bad game. It was against Livingston. Oh, my God, it was terrible, terrible stuff. 
and it pissed rain and it was freezing. Oh, Jesus. But the league was real tight at the time and Rangers lost 2-1 to Motherwell or something. Motherwell or someone like that, you know. And Jesus, it was party time, you know, because they lost. But like Celtic's game was absolutely crap. <laughs> like, you know, it was just one of them weekends, you know. It ended up being absolutely brilliant because of the other results. It's funny the way football works like that. So, um, yeah, it's always good for good for some memories like that, yeah. So, who would be your all-time top five Celtic players and why? Oh, top five Celtic players. Well, Tommy Burns uh, was a hero of my father's and he'd be a hero of mine as well, you know. So, Tommy Burns will always make that that list for me um, obviously Henry Larson because you know he was he was just a revelation when he came uh, Paul McStay Danny McGrain and then another one for me is Georgie Cadetti because when I first started going to Celtic in April of 1997 you know Cadetti was our main man Cadetti and the Canio and all and you know, there was all songs about Georgie Cadetti and all, and I just, I just loved him, you know. Yeah, he's, uh, I actually reckon he's quite an underrated player. Like, you get a certain certain age fan and who watched him, they'd be like, yep, like I'm probably a similar age to you, and so I get exactly what you're saying. But if you are some, if you are some yeah, yeah. you only really started going around 2000, and, like late, like 2005 onwards or whatever, if they watch an old game back, they'll be like, oh, yeah, he's okay, sort of thing. So, yeah, it's just like, yeah, you got to have guys in the future who are going to think that this current team are up there with the Lions, and they're probably the best thing we've had since then because we'll get the 10 in a row. But I see what you mean. It's just some players, though, they're just are underrated. And, and George Cadetti uh, is definitely like... one of them, in my opinion, too. You know, Celtic had, like, so many great players during the, the dark years, as we call them, the you noise. know, when Rangers, you know, yeah, you know, like, Rangers were signing superstars, man, every summer. And as we know now, they were signing players that they couldn't afford, and it ended up ruining them. But, Jesus, the players they were signing, you know, and conversely, the players that Celtic were signing, you know, weren't getting the media attention and all, but you know, you had the likes of the Canio and Cadetti and Van Hoydonk and Paul McStay and you know, even like Phil O'Donnell and uh, Andreas Tom and all, you know, they were all massive players, brilliant players, you know, they were all playing for their countries and all, you know, and you, know, you hardly heard a, a wrinkle about them because of the superstars that were getting signed across the city. Like. Yeah, exactly, you got guys like Gascoigne being signed and Terry Butcher and Sunes coming in and those, oh yeah, yeah, Bonkhorst and Alberts and all the, like uh, that. the Boers and all those guys and next thing and you're like, yeah, yeah, you compare yeah. that to what yeah. we were signing and it's like, well, with hindsight, twenty years on, twenty thirty years on, thank you, Fergus. That's all I have to say. Well, that's the thing you see, Fergus McCann knew that Celtic were going to have to eat plate loads of shit for a couple of years until he got his plan sorted out, do you know what I mean? He he knew that we were going to have to take a kick in for a while until he got everything straightened out. And in fairness to Fergus McCann, I don't know whether you've ever watched any of Paul Larkin's yeah. documentaries, 
particularly the Asterix years, um, Fergus McCann is probably one of the few people who was able to stand up to the Edinburgh establishment at the time and would have known exactly what was going on financially across the city. You know, that they essentially had a blank check from the Bank of Scotland to sign whoever they wanted. Yeah, you know what I mean? He was he's, he knew Fergus knew he didn't suck he didn't suck it up yeah, he got on with like, it and yeah he, he like he knew and when the time come to stop them doing ten in a row, you know he unfortunately he had to let Tommy Burns go and he got Vim Janssen in and you know Janssen built a team. Basically, that was going to fight Rangers in the midfield, and he built that team very successfully. You know, he brought in Paul Lambert and Craig Burley and all these kind of lads. Darren Jackson, you know, he started utilizing maybe some other players that weren't utilized as well before, like Alan Stubbs and all. You know, and you know, with Fergus and Janssen obviously fell out in the end. Like, but when it come time to stop them doing ten in a row. You know, McCann done the job, like, you know. And I remember at the time, you know, Fergus McCann was not popular at the him. time. Everyone thought Celtic he was fans the old mentality, keep your money in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah, Celtic fans hated him, man. Oh, jeez, I remember, like, I remember the opening game of the 97-98 season where Larson gave away a pass and Hibernian ended up beating us in that game, you know, and people were going absolutely mental. Would have been toxic you know? in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, you know, people were going absolutely mental. Is this, you know, the kind of shit that they're after bringing in to try to stop these others doing 10 in a row, you know? That was what was being said, yeah. you know? It's a bit of yeah. a uh, interesting one, but looking back in hindsight, like, I was shattered that Tommy Burns was... Uh, Take step down, forced to step down, and Wimmy Anson come in yeah. at the time. But looking back now, I look at it and go, I actually think it made sense to get someone to come in who wasn't Celtic minded, if that made sense for that season. Take the emotion, take the emotion yeah. out of it, and that he had a bit of detachment. Like if yeah. you had someone like a current day Neil Lennon in that role, who has you know eat, sleep, breathe the club in the same way Tommy Burns did. As a manager, well, yeah, who wouldn't? He probably would have imploded. Let's be honest. Couldn't have been good yeah. for him. So it's with one side, like, it was the right move. And um, now we're going. Yeah. We're going to get the ten before them. So get that right up, yours Rangers slash Sepka. Oh Jesus, yeah. All yeah. Right. So <laughs> my last question to you is: other than say Messi and Ronaldo. Who would be the one player in your lifetime that you've seen play that you wished would have signed for Celtic and why? Oh, for me, that's a kind of a handy one. Um, for me, it would have been Dennis Irwin, um, the Republic of Ireland defender that's, you know, most famous for his Manchester United yeah. tenure. Uh, Dennis Irwin was a, a, a huge Celtic fan, you know, and he had often talked about going up to Celtic to finish off his career up there. And I really, really would have wanted to see Dennis Irwin in the hopes because I was a big fan of his. You know, I really would have I really would have enjoyed seeing him play for Celtic now. Very underrated at Man United as well. So he was just the, the quiet yeah, yeah, leader. He was a, like, he was a pillar. 
he was a pillar in their defence, you know. He was and and for Ireland as well, you know. Uh, and you look at the two thousand and two World Cup, you know, Orwin was on fire, man, in that like, do you know what I mean? Very. That's an interesting choice. Haven't had that one pop up, but I can understand exactly why oh. you're saying it. I agree with you because yes, he was yeah. very impressive for me. I was I liked him back in that Man United team as well, and the fact that I just learnt from you now that he was a massive Celtic fan even better. Yeah, yeah. So one last thing just popped into my head. What's the current state of things like over in Ireland with the Premier League, the EPL fans? Are there young kids and that coming through? Are they more into the English Premier League or has Celtic still got a good showing over there? Because you mentioned that earlier about seeing the Celtic logo on tops and stuff. Yeah. We've still got a nice little nice little uh, supporter base over there in Ireland. Well, we do, we do like, uh, take County Wicklow now where we are, for instance. There's four big Celtic supporters clubs in County Wicklow, you know. There's ourselves, there's Antinvermore, CSE, who are also in the town here. There's Wicklow Emeralds, who are in Wicklow Town. And then you've Lisbon Lions, CSE, up in Bray, you know. And all all have big memberships and all, you know, and all hands are encouraging the youngsters, you know, to watch Celtic. And it's it's handy to get young fellas into Celtic now because, you know, Celtic are winning. Yeah. It's not like when I first started following Celtic, like, you know, I got my love of Celtic from my father. But when I first started following Celtic, man, they were winning fuck all, you know. <laughs> they were winning nothing, like, in 1995, 96, you know. I, my first trip to Parkhead was in... 1997, in April 1997, it was an Aberdeen game, you know, and, uh, you know, as I say, Celtic weren't winning anything, but now it's different, you know, Celtic are winning stuff, it's kind of stylish to follow them, but it's still nothing like, you know, particularly now Liverpool, you know, who have never won the Premiership and are on course to do it right now, you know, it's all about Liverpool now at the moment. With young fellas and all, you know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that online. You just got a good bunch yeah. of mates and stuff over there. And one of my closest mates growing up, he was uh, moved over here, over to Melbourne from Ireland back in the day. Massive Liverpool fans. Unbelievably huge fans. But, yeah, they're absolutely going mental because they're just wanting the games back so they get the title. So yeah. I just love the whole the silence yeah. that we got cause of, from Stevie G about us getting given basically as though, as those Rangers fans were saying oh they're being given the ninth title he didn't want to come out and say anything did he because he wants Liverpool to get the title no. in the same situation so yeah, I yeah. he was in the rock and the hard place there yeah. alright definitely was like, yeah. it was unbelievable because uh, you know your your typical Sevco fan like was foaming at the mouth for him to say something about it you know, and of course he couldn't because he'd been completely would have been shooting himself in the foot with the Liverpool faithful if he'd have done that, yeah, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's funny uh, though. Yeah, gotta love football. Can't wait for it to get back and bring on the run of the ten ten to row oh, Definitely, it's man, yeah, great. definitely. So that's gonna be mad. So just, we'll just plug a few things for you. So Father Murphy C S C they're, look that up on Facebook and give their page a like. So 
Is there a Twitter account for the CSC, Frank? Or just the Facebook? No, there isn't. There are not. Uh, it's it's yeah. just Facebook. And yeah, do you yeah. have any merch or anything like that that you sell at the CSC, like scarves, pins, badges, anything like that at all? Uh, we have badges, all right. I will, um, myself and the club secretary, Rob Sherwood, have been talking about, uh, we've, we've a good few badges there. We've been talking about putting them up on uh, one of the Facebook groups, Celtic FC badges and memorabilia. So they, they will be available from there now fairly shortly. Right, yeah. Keep an eye out for that as well. We know there's a lot of uh, fans out there collecting pins and badges. So, yeah, it be good good to see them when they're out, Frank. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Thanks for your time. It's been great learning about your CSC and having a bit of a chat. We'll keep in touch and, uh, yeah, hopefully get you on for one of our other podcasts at some point later in the season. I know, I'd be glad to do it, man. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Much appreciated, Jack.